Hello, and welcome to The Receiver, a podcast about radio from the 1930s. I'm Agatha Markham, and thank you for taking your time out of your day to listen to this podcast. In the 1930s, there was a stock market crash which which followed through with the Great Depression. It brought economic hard times to many Americans. By 1933, 25% of the workforce, or over 12 million people, were out of work. Millions of others saw their paychecks reduced or lived in constant fear that they too would finally be hit with economic hardship. Many had more leisure time on their hands, but less money to spend. As the Great Depression deepened in the United States and around the world in the early 1930s, reliance on radios increased. People listening and buying radios increased rapidly during this time. The radio was an inexpensive way to keep up with news events of the Great Depression and farming news and provided a ready means for escape from the economic hard times through sports broadcasts and entertainment programs. At the start of the 1930s, 12 million American households owned a radio. In 1939, the total became 28 million. As technology improved, radios became smaller and cheaper for the average household. The radio provided a great source of entertainment, with much-loved comedians such as Jack Benny and Fred Allen making their names known on the radio. It marked the advent of the soap opera, a running story that people could return to, with characters they could sympathize with, with and love. The series Argyle Sunday, about a small-town girl finding love with a wealthy Englishman, had the young women of the country glued to their seats. Radio programs provided a source of inspiration with heroes like the Lone Ranger and the Shadow, but they also promoted old-fashioned American family values and and gave people something to live by. People during this time tuned in on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. when the public tuned in to one man's family. They were greeted with the opening, dedicated to the mothers and the fathers of the younger generation and to the new and to their bewildering offspring. News broadcasts also influenced the way the public experienced current affairs. When the Hindenburg airship exploded in 1937, reporter Herb Morrison was on the scene, recording the events to be broadcasted the following day. But above all, the radio provided but above all, the radio provided a way to communicate like never before. Franklin Roosevelt's fireside chats helped the population feel closer to the president than ever. By the end of the decade, radio by the end of the decade, radios had exacted quite an influence on the American media. Ad- advertisers capitalized on radio's popularity, and the idea of the sponsor was born. Radio also helped establish the national broadcasting networks such as NBC. NBC and CBS, still present to this day. After the 1930s, the popularity of radio began to decline at the hands of newer, more visual technologies, but the influence of the Golden Age radio on the American way of life will never be forgotten. The Golden Age of American radio period lasted roughly from 1930 through the 1940s, when commercial broadcast radio grew into the fabric of daily life in the United States, providing news and entertainment to a country struggling. During American radio's golden age, much of the programming heard by listeners was controlled by advertising agencies, which conceived the shows, 
hire the talent and staff, and leased airtime and studio facilities from the radio networks. Programs became fixed in quarter-hour and half-hour blocks and featured a wide variety of formats. President Franklin Franklin Roosevelt immediately seized on the popularity of radio with a series of fireside chats that he conducted beginning in the second week of presidency. Roosevelt would use radio to not only lobby for public support of his programs, but also to inform the public of important events, and most importantly, reassure the public through his unique personal character that everyone had to have faith in the future. Though only relatively wealthy Americans owned radios a decade earlier, in the 1930s, radios became a common appliance owned by the majority of Americans and by a large number of people in the areas of the Western world. Radio was a fast-becoming way of life. The number of programs and types of programming for radios grew astonishingly quickly. Old genres of entertainment, such as vaudeville, which was a form of live entertainment consisting of various short acts, including songs and comedy routines, were adapted for radio, and new genres were developed for the emerging media. Stars of the stage, including theater stars and musical groups, became the stars of radio. New stars were also created as performers discovered the medium and created unique shows. As radio became more sophisticated, new areas of skill and talent emerged, such as sound effects. It was a time of rapid, exciting growth for radio, much like the 1990s were for the growth of the internet. Beyond the entertainment, radio addressed some more serious issues. The 1930s were a time of profound and lasting changes at home and abroad. Major shifts in the United States' political and policy priorities were happening under President Roosevelt as he sought to lead the nation out of depression, and the radio played a key role in reporting these changes. The radio also became a forum for discussion and promotion of all aspects of the policy changes. Politicians and critics used the media to comment as well as to convince. Outside of the United States, the world was in a state of flux. Germany was mobilizing to occupy a large portion of Europe, and much of the world was moving towards what would come to be known as World War II. As the world faced changes and challenges, radio was an integral part, not only in reporting and commenting on the changes, but also in some cases, in instigating them. Radio of the 1930s provided a blueprint for the understanding, expectations, and media for the rest of the century. The genres and stars of the 1930s became the genres and stars of television in the 1950s. Approaches to news, commentary, and political persuasion were established during the early days of radio and were adapted to later media. So who was behind the minds of creating the radio? Who led to this amazing discovery in the 1930s and helped people get through the Depression? Let's find out. Inventors around the world were coming up with new and exciting inventions left and right in the years leading up to the 20th century. Scientific work and radio technology was heating up too. Two men, in particular, Serbian American scientist Nikola Tesla and Italian physicist Guglielmo Marconi, went head to head in what would become their race to invent the radio. But more than a hundred years later, ask anyone who invented the radio and you're likely to get different answers. 
After emigrating to the U.S. in 1884, Tesla invented the induction coil, or Tesla coil, a device essential to sending and receiving radio waves. Meanwhile, Marconi had been conducting his own experiments, and in 1894, sent and received Morse code-based radio signals at distances spanning nearly four miles in England. Tesla applied for his first patents in radio work in 1897 in America. He also built and demonstrated a radio-controlled boat at Madison Square Garden in 1898. So what's so important about these two men? They had millions of Americans get through the Great Depression from their inventions. Without the radio, many Americans probably wouldn't have made it through the Great Depression. Radio was the nation's first mass medium, linking the country and ending the isolation of rural residents. Radio was so important that the 1930 census asked if the household had a radio. Radio provided free entertainment and connected country people to world events. Walter Winchell and Lowell Thomas were popular news commentators on the radio. To speed up time during the Great Depression, people listened to comedians Jack Benny, Fred Allen, George Burns and Gracie Allen, Amos and Andy, and Fibber McGee and Molly. They also listened to radio-featured daytime soap operas, and in the evening, people listened to The Lone Ranger, The Green Hornet, The Shadow, and Jack Armstrong. They also listened to singers Bing Crosby and the Mills Brothers, as well as Guy Lombardo's orchestra and the Grand Ole Opry were popular. Families listened to baseball, cheering for stars like Lou Gehrig and Joe DiMaggio. Nearly 40 million people listened to the horse race between Seabiscuit and War Admiral in Maryland. In news coverage, the German airship Hindenburg caught fire in 1937 as it landed in New Jersey. Thousands of people across the country heard Herb Morrison describe the terrifying scene on live radio, saying, Oh, the humanity! Orson Welles broadcasted A War of the Worlds, a radio play about Martians landing on Earth. Millions of people didn't understand that the story was fiction. They panicked and tried to leave town. Thank you for tuning in to The Receiver, a podcast about radios in the 1930s. I hope you, le- I hope you learned a little more about radios. They really sure are interesting, and they did really help people get through the Depression in the 1930s.